You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I am Glenda Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for Wednesday, November 22nd, episode 3310. Good morning, horse people. It's Wednesday morning. That means Jamie and Glenn are back to talk horses with all of you. Well, let's be honest. Jamie talks horses. Glenn is just here to hassle Jamie. Enjoy the show. I often wondered if anybody actually listens to us on the day before Thanksgiving or if they're just too busy traveling or cooking or whatever that today nobody's listening. Today is the listening. busiest travel day of the year. Is Chad flying today? Oh, my God. You're not going to believe this. How are you sitting down? Oh, where's he, he got going? Thanksgiving and Christmas off this year. What? Woo! He doesn't, he's, just, he's a new captain. He doesn't even have real seniority. I, he he's climbed the ladder enough to get Thanksgiving and Christmas. Oh I am that's, I can't believe it. That's unheard of. <laughs> I know it's great. He he kept looking at his schedule like, is this real? Like this can't be right. This oh can't be right. Well, <laughs> knock on wood here. We'll knock on wood. Well, that's terrific he's though. That's great. Flying before and after, but like he'll be there on the day, which is amazing. And Sunday, which is like this Sunday, which is like the most horrible travel day. So that'll be interesting. Uh, I don't I don't admire him having to deal with holiday crowds while traveling. Uh, it's got to be fun. Oh man! Well, Doctor, I'm glad he did that job because I couldn't do no, it. No, too much people, Ling. Uh, Doctor Pink, <laughs> Doctor Pinkerton's joining us from UC Davis to tell us about the importance of good air quality for your horses, especially coming into the winter time. We do our annual look at Thanksgiving, and do you have some weird news? Uh, just a little. Okay, good. I wanted to remind, and we'll do a quick post show too for the auditors. Uh, I wanted to remind everybody that this Sunday, this is our last show for the week. This is it. Our next show will be on Sunday, 3 o'clock p.m. on our Facebook page for Horses in the Morning. What are we doing morning. on Sunday, Glenn? <laughs> We're doing Radiothon on Sunday. And knock on wood, I seem to be prepared, thanks to all the help of uh, Ashley and Jemmy and Jennifer this year. We're we're in pretty good shape. All the hosts are, are excited and have done their parts, so it's all good. Um, so Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Horses in the Morning Facebook page or Horse Radio Network Facebook page and Auditors, we will also be broadcasting it live into the Auditor Room. Uh, Jamie and I are on first from the 3 to 4 hour. We're going to announce the charity of choice that we have chosen for this year. And also, we did a fun interview. We already recorded it with uh, Warwick and Rob, uh, Robin Schiller, uh, so that was a lot of fun. Jamie is the only one in the world <laughs> that could get Warwick to sing a song during the interview. You know what? Like my claims to fame, I think the things in life that I like the most are the fact that I got Warwick Schiller to sing a few <laughs> bars of an Australian Christmas song, and also I made George Moore's laugh. I, like, I, those I, are the two I things. <laughs> when you asked him to do that, I thought, I almost fell off my chair first. Uh, <laughs> and then I thought, oh, no, he's never going to do this. There's no I was like, And then he did. No way. And then he started singing. I was like, oh, my gosh. Even Robin amazing. was surprised. You're going to see her reaction, too. You know, it is cool doing a video this year. That does add something to it, I think. I, I, it is really cool i love that we have our christmas sweaters on for these interviews so it's like you know goes together with the whole thing and i do love that he asked if that was just what we were wearing i was like i'm <laughs> not just wearing this <laughs> <laughs> uh, you still have time to register for the prizes. It's free and easy. Just go sign up. You can go to horseradionetwork.com, click on the Radiothon and over right, and uh, go register for the prizes. You have until noon on Sunday to get registered for over $4,000 in prizes. Also, we because we're doing it the way we're doing it now, you can actually share the live feed to your Facebook page, or if you have a Horsey Group Facebook page, you just have to go, you have to do it manually, but at on 3 p.m. on Sunday, anytime after that, you can go find the video on horseradionetwork.com and just hit the share button and you can also you can have the live video on your facebook page or your group's facebook oh, page so cool. all day long anybody can so uh I, we're going to really encourage the auditors to do that it'd be cool if we had this video playing in a hundred different places that would be absolutely wonderful so uh we would appreciate your help with that if you're watching at the beginning why not 
Uh, Here's the thing, Glenn, uh, when you share videos, Here's the problem that I'm having is I posted a video yesterday that I woke up this morning and it has like 10,000 views and like 9 million likes. And all I've been doing all morning is blocking the Armenian and Iranian and Afghani men that are now flocking to my, and I'm like, Oh, this guy looks like a horse lover. (laughs) And, or you get the ones trying to sell you t-shirts or, you know, all those things in the comments. Now we're battling that constantly. It's I've got a good way to block comments. Like they can't make comments. However, they can like the page. And I'm like, Oh God. And they're just frightening. It's like some dude propped up against like a, it's a not even his picture with either. A gun. You know that. You know, yeah. I'm like, oh, that's so scary. I don't know how they found you, why you've become such an attraction. Because they love horses, Glenn. And a video of an Andalusian <laughs> learning how to come to the mounting block, apparently in third world countries, is really popular. <laughs> well, good luck with that. All right, Thank Daily you. Witty Time. I tried to get all the auditor birthdays through Monday, so here we go. Emily, Rachel, Ursina, Mona, Lucy, Janine, Kelly, Becky, Haley, and Chris. Happy birthday to all of you. We hope you have an absolutely wonderful holiday. And I also wanted to, you know, it is a time of Thanksgiving for us here in America, and I just wanted to thank the listeners for listening and making this show what it is, and uh, the auditors who support us financially and who are really support us emotionally also. Uh, uh, and I really want to give a special thank you to our focus group. We have a focus group that are about 12, 15 people that uh, listen to every show and comment and help us make the shows better. They put a lot of time and effort into listening to every episode, so we appreciate them too. But I'm also thankful for for my co-host, because we've been doing this a long time, and we're still here, and the only reason that is is because she's put up with me all these years. So thank Aww. you. Thank you for that. I, I, I didn't know we were doing things we were thankful for. You have to let me know these things. What well, is Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, is that what it is? Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay. <laughs> So one of the really exciting bonuses of having your in-laws live nine-tenths of a mile away is you don't really have to travel that far for Thanksgiving. But what's really, really fun, Glenn, is the fact that they plan they plan a menu, okay? My sister-in-law's in charge of planning this menu, and they sent a list of all the menu items. And they're like, hey, who wants to bring these things? And I looked at the list, and there was 11 desserts and eight items of food. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, what? This is not right. So I, I write. That sounds back. perfect to me. What are you talking about? And by the way, the items of food were ham, oh, yeah. well, turkey, yeah. Yeah. gravy, you have this problem mac year. and cheese. <laughs> and I was like, hold on. Nobody has. There's no vegetables. Everything is not meat. even the prerequisite green bean casserole. There, oh, you can't make green bean casserole in the state of Oklahoma without some sort of meat juice. Okay. <laughs> so like basically I show up to Thanksgiving and they're like, did you bring a salad? And here's some bread. So what I did was I wrote on the list. I was like, just so you know, I will be providing some vegetables. And I've done this every year. Like a couple years ago, I made like Brussels sprouts that I, I roasted and had balsamic drizzle and Parmesan. Nope, just me and Chad and Lucas. And then last year I made my awesome gazpacho recipe and I was like, I brought that. And my father-in-law was like, I don't eat tomato soup. And I'm like, it's not tomato soup. It looks like tomato soup. I'm not eating it, literally. The only vegetables he'll eat are frozen peas. Okay, so I don't know how the man has made it as long as he has. But anyway, so I I just wrote and I was like, I will not be bringing up super popular in the family. I will not be bringing any of these items but I will bring a collection of other items that none of you will eat. <laughs> I sent that out in the text and like, I didn't get any responses. So here's what I'm going to do, Glenn. I'm going to make a pile of things nobody will eat. And then I get to bring them home so I can have you leftovers. Know what I, you know, this is kind of an inside joke because the, the listeners won't understand yet. I think you should make your lasagna. Oh, dude. 
That, I am. I am. To I totally shock them all. Just show up a lasagna. I'm so excited. I'm going to do a Brussels sprout. It's like they're shaved Brussels sprouts with like a lemon vinaigrette and you saute them and you have toasted walnuts. It's so good. I'm going to make that. I'm going to make my green bean casserole that my mama taught me how to make. I'm going to make uh, gazpacho cause, and I'm going to have this like, you know, it kind of like gets firm at the top and I'm going to draw a middle finger in it on the top. So, <laughs> and then I'm going to make the lasagna. Yeah. And and here's the thing is I'm going to make the lasagna with like beyond meat, just like I did for you guys, because you couldn't tell. I couldn't and tell, I'm right. not going to tell anybody mm. that it's fake meat until after the meal. So suck it, young nephews. <laughs> You're eating beyond meat. They're all football players. They're going to love it. Yeah, so and anyway, I was yeah. I was honest uh, that your lasagna was one of the best I've ever had. So there you go. I think I must have ate two or three pieces that night. Well, <laughs> so. it was fun. And yeah, talking to Warwick Schiller and, and, and his wife, like that, they, they, they inspired me. So all I right. went and bought the ingredients yesterday. There yeah. you go. Well, somebody else that inspired me and inspires us is Dr. Siemens. Dr. Madison Siemens has been a guest regularly in our health segments on the show over the last, we've figured out it's almost seven years he's been coming on. And he's quite a character. And Dr. Siemens has a lot of talents. Did you know he's an artist? He's uh, an artist. He's a poet. He is well, a veterinarian. He is a author. I mean, he's amazing. Well, he did a poem. He wrote a poem about the holidays and being a veterinarian at the holidays. And <sighs> he, he wanted to send it to me so we could read it. And I said, oh, no, you're reading it for us. <laughs> so this, uh, let me bring this up for you. Oh, uh, yay. So that uh, you can hear Dr. Siemens do his poem. I'll tell you a tale if you'd like to hear a Christmas story that happened just last year. I was working as usual in my veterinary clinic, inspecting and injecting every horse that was in it. I'd finished the last one when a knock at the door preceded a man I'd not seen before. He was short, fat, and round with a white bearded chin, something familiar in his cherubic grin. He wore old run-down ropers, and he had a sock on his head, and he had jacket and breeches that used to be red. He said, evening, son, you the vet around here? And proceeded to ask if I doctored reindeer. <laughs> was I losing my mind and losing it quick? Or was my new client jolly old St. Nick? So I looked in the yard for his reindeer and sled, but a one-ton Ford diesel was parked there instead. He said, my stock just works that one night a year, so I used a gooseneck to haul him down here, and I got a few problems. I've been doctoring myself with some trusted home remedies I got from an elf. But it ain't long till Christmas, and that's our big day. I can't have lame reindeer dragging my sleigh. Old Rudolph's red nose is sore from a sneeze. I think Prancer and Dancer got navicular disease. <laughs> oh, Vixen is pregnant, though her figure's still neat. That Rudolph's a rascal when Vixen's in heat. Can a pregnant deer work at dragging a sleigh? Will labor pain slower? Will she get in the way? Oh, Blitzen's a bronc and so bad to fight us, he's painfully plagued with antler arthritis. And Cupid's plumb stupid. He likes to lie down and he'll just founder if there's any corn around. He's too lame to work and I can't seem to choose between euthanasia and some new heart bar shoes. And another old chronic that's crippled to boot. Old Donner's a goner if he don't get some butte. Well... I looked at this challenge and it seemed quite a puzzle. I don't know reindeer's tail from his muzzle. I'm an equine practitioner. My specialty is horses. I must have missed reindeer in my old vet school courses, but I felt obligated to do what I could for the sake of the kids in my neighborhood. It was the least I could do since Santa left me a new ultrasound under my Christmas tree. <laughs> so I went to my office in a state of despair to look for a book about reindeer repair, but I found not a volume. That's just what I feared, no doggone way I'd save Christmas this year. So, well, I floated some jaw teeth so at least they could eat. Then I trimmed and examined 32 tiny feet. I ankylosed antlers and swabbed out a nose and castrated the bucks and palpated the does and uh, doctored some lungers with a homemade cough tonic and a nerve two lane deer with navicular chronic. <laughs> Finished the last one and I said without fear, I release from my care eight healthy reindeer. I'm writing my records and he's loading his stock and I hear trailer doors slamming and snaps hitting locks and I cut him a break when I'm figuring my fees, but I got my expenses. I can't do this for free. 
Then he jumped in his truck, fired it up with a roar, left my place slinging gravel as he's slamming the door, and I just heard him holler as he topped the last hill. I'm broke till next year, Doc. Just send me a bill. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. If I hear not the Christmas spirit after that, oh, my little heart is screwed three sizes. (laughs) He's quite a guy. I mean, you you hear him talking about health stuff, and, you know, obviously he's good at that, but he does all this other stuff. You know, he's an author, and he writes poetry. He did that from the top of his head. That gave me, like, teary eyes. Oh. (laughs) Well done, Doc. Well done. So Thanksgiving, I had brought up this year's stats. You want to hear some stats? Yeah. The average host. Maybe. This is uh, the average host. Now that's not you, but with what you're making, it's probably another hundred dollars. Um, the average host will spend almost four hundred dollars on Thanksgiving food, drinks, and decor. Now I think that's probably a little low because I think some, a lot of hosts I know spend more than that on drinks. So. Um, uh, yeah. Um, so what what year is this from? This is because this year. I feel like turkeys are like I know. insane. I know. Uh, 10 hours is the length of time it would take an American male on the treadmill to burn 4,500 calories that they'll be consuming <gasps> at the Thanksgiving meal. Um, more if you have 11 desserts and only nine items. <laughs> By the way, that sounds good no to vegetables. me. I just like Thanksgiving desserts. No, no food, just desserts. That'd be perfect. <sighs> Questions answered. So how the Butterball Turkey Hotline, it's so funny, the comments they get and the things they get. Uh, every November and December, they answer over 100,000 calls of people <laughs> doing turkeys. Why do they have a Butterball Turkey hotline? Because people call up with the stupidest questions on how to cook their turkeys. It's been the most bizarre things. It's just been bizarre. The favorite thing I've ever done is there was a thing that went around a couple years ago, which was like, text your mom and ask her how long it takes to microwave a turkey. And then share their answers. Oh, my God. Well, it was so fun. <laughs> they had one this year. I read that a uh, guy called up and said, my parents died. We cleaned out the freezer, and at the bottom was a turkey that was put in there in 1966. Oh, my and God. They said, he what? asked, can I cook it? And they, they said, well, you could. <laughs> you could cook oh. it. You don't want to eat it. So oh, the most, yeah, don't, don't eat it. <laughs> no. <laughs> What's your favorite pie? Um, at Thanksgiving? Or any time. Oh, Peach pie is my favorite. Peach, yeah. The favorite pies at Thanksgiving are pumpkin, of course, is number one. And I still like, I like pumpkin. I like apple, too. Pecan's number two, which I don't, It's I can't do pecan pie. I love nuts. It's pecan. Pecan. It's pecan. Pe- pecan. Pecan. Well, this is an argument my husband and I have. It's like, it's a pecan. I'm like, where are you from? <laughs> do you, can you do, pe- how do you say it? A pecan pie. No, I don't make those because I like them so too much. Sweet. Oh, yeah, and cool. it's too sweet. Yeah, but I, I, I'll take a little sliver. It's my grandma said, just give me a sliver. That's what I do. <laughs> apple pie. I love apple pie. Apple pie. Now, I'm a weird apple pie guy. Most people eat apple pie with vanilla ice cream. You put cheese on it? No. I, I never. I tried that. That didn't work for me like it apparently works for a lot of people. I put chocolate ice cream on apple pie. I love chocolate ice cream on apple pie. Okay. So good. Okay. And then sweet potato pie, which is, I'm not big on sweet potatoes, so that's not for me. But it's Oh, appar- that's like the worst oxymoron ever. A sweet potato pie. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but apparently, if you love, people love it, apparently. $26 million is the amount of property loss caused by residential building <laughs> fires each Thanksgiving. <laughs> Listen, while we're in that, my brother's a plumber, okay? And he was like... On Thanksgiving, all I do is go to people's houses because they peel potatoes and they put oh, them down the their garbage, garbage disposal. disposal. Do not put potatoes in your garbage disposal. This is coming from the sister of a plumber. It is always a mess. You will, I, I, and I, my mother-in-law, I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you cramming that down? You're going to have to call the plumber. Yeah. Does he, is he busy the next day for a different reason? I, I I haven't asked him his schedule. I just know that he's like whatever. No, I meant you for do. the clogged toilets the next day. Oh, after. oh gross! Seventy-seven <laughs> percent of people celebrate Thanksgiving and try and avoid talking politics at the dinner table. You know, I was thinking about this. What? There's nothing you can talk about anymore that's not political. So, what do you talk about? Unless you're talking about your kids. I'll tell you what I talk about. Yeah. 
I talk about horses. And like, <laughs> I like to tell everybody about the fact that I have like a beautiful Andalusian. Yeah, and I'm a truly love to hear that. Yeah. And then like American Pharaoh, he was the triple crown winner. And then he had a bull and his name was American Hustle. And I adopted him. And right now he doesn't have any shoes and he's very uncomfortable. So the fairy is coming today to put shoes back on him. But right now I've been having him stand on the sure foot pads to like you help relax thought him. it was but the food so was the reason they don't like to have you at so Thanksgiving. The problem <laughs> is I'm having to keep him blanketed when it's like under 50 degrees. He's like such a baby he's so skinny and some just here's what i'm feeding Glenn. i'm having to take off all right i muted her and we'll go on uh <laughs> <laughs> ah this is why nobody likes me at thanksgiving <laughs> you thought it was the food uh three drinks are the average that men have on thanksgiving two by women and that is very wrong for the women I know. Uh, what? Night- That's garbage. <laughs> These women and their wine. I, my family, my, my my mom's family. Thanksgiving. Oh my god! I remember when I was like twenty one years old. And by the way, forty six. Every Thanksgiving, I'm with the family. They still bring it up. I was probably, I might have been drinking age, but I was like, hey, can I have some wine? And they were like, yeah. What kind would you like? Uh, they're like, I, I was like, hmm. Should I have pink or yellow? Oh, my God. They still don't let it go. (laughs) I asked for yellow wine. Is there yellow wine? Yeah, it's called white wine, apparently. (laughs) Chardonnay, which is... You drink out of a box, Mom. (laughs) Jesus. Let it go. I'm the guy who still likes Boone's Farm. Um, <laughs> you like the pink wine. <laughs> yes, exactly. 1924 was the first Macy's parade. And this is the, this is the numbers for this year. There'll be 49 balloons in the parade this year. 49. 35 clown groups. Oh. 26 floats. <laughs> You see 35 groups of clowns coming at you, you have died, or you're about to die. One of those. 5,000 costumes, 12 bands, and 3.5 million spectators line the two-and-a-half-mile route in New York City. And there will be 50 million TV viewers this year. I, you know, I the parades are tough for me now. All they do is show the singing acts. They never show you the parade anymore. It's always just the performers singing in front of something. And I was like, if I wanted to see a concert, I'd watch a concert. I want to see a parade. We want to see the horses. That's all we care about. (laughs) And they never show them. Ride TV for like Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. (laughs) Just the horses. (laughs) All right. That's it for my Thanksgiving. We're going to do a horses version of Thanksgiving after our guest. So stay tuned for that. But next, we're going to Dr. Pinkerton. He's going to discuss air quality in horses as we're coming into the wintertime now. Uh, So we'll, we'll get to that in just a minute. This horse health report is brought to you by Daily Dose Equine Non-GMO Core Nutrition for Horses and Ponies of All Ages. I would like to welcome to the show Dr. Kent Pinkerton. He's a professor at the School of Medicine and Anatomy, Physiology, and Cell Biology in the School of Veterinary Medicine at UC Davis. Basically, he's way smarter than all of us. So welcome to the show, Dr. Pinkerton. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, I, I happy Thanksgiving. I know tomorrow is the big day. What are you? Uh, obviously, you're in California. What are you doing to celebrate the holiday? Well, we actually had uh, Thanksgiving a little bit early in the mountain uh, with our children and grandchildren. So lots of fun. So tomorrow for Thanksgiving, it's just going to be a restful day with perhaps just a neighbor or two over. Nice. I always ask my mom to do that. I'm like, I can afford to fly into Florida to see you if you do it a week early. And no, never did. So good for you. It was a fun time. That's awesome. Well, hey, you are an expert on air pollution, and this is the time of year where we have to keep our horses in a little bit more. Some people do. So um, talk to us about what what how 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 are the horses going to show if we have poor air quality? What are some symptoms we should look for? Well, it's interesting because horses uh, manifest some of similar conditions that we experience as humans. So, uh, one of the things uh, that we would look for is uh, eye irritation or even coughing or or heaves. Um, an increase in respiratory rate. The, the typical 
uh, breathing rate for a horse is anywhere from 12 to 24 breaths uh, per minute. But if they begin to have respiratory difficulty due to poor air quality, we'll see that respiratory rate increase above 30 breaths per minute. So those are things, and, and of course, one can look for movement of the rib cage, um, a flaring of the nostrils, um, any kind of nasal discharge might also be in, indicative of something that's happening uh, with poor air quality and the breathing ability of the horse itself. Now, what are some reasons we would have poor air quality? Well, air quality is really based on typically on our environment. We can have lots of particles in the air. Uh, we're very effective, both horses and humans, of being able to uh, take in particles, uh, have them exhaled. Uh, we can clear them very efficiently. But when the concentration of particles increases, uh, whether it be due to um, really hot weather, uh, dusty conditions, um, emissions of particulates or gases from vehicles, or maybe even more the more natural things of the increased frequency of seeing wildfires, those can create many gases and particles in the air that can affect our quality of breathing, both human and horse. Gotcha. So how do we, is there a way we can protect ourselves and our horses from poor air quality or at least to alleviate some of the, the causes? Well, certainly one of the conditions that we uh, have to deal with is just moving away from any areas that have poor air quality. But if that's not possible, <clears throat> then I think it's really important that we make sure that we're not in any way exercising our horses or ourselves, um, therefore bringing more air into our lungs and therefore more particles that can potentially <clears throat> injure and damage the lungs. So the things that really we would want to do is make sure that we are um, maintaining um, everything in, 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 in as good a quality as we can. If we have to remain within an area, clearly air quality that we are most concerned about uh, are conditions that are due to wildfire events where we have tremendous amounts of particles that are emitted into the air from the burning of natural materials or even things that uh, in homes or buildings where we can have the emission of many different types of particles of varying chemical composition. Wildfire smoke itself is predominantly just a carbon-based particle, typically a solid particle, but there can also be liquid particles. There also can be gases such as carbon dioxide, uh, carbon monoxide, and these can be actually toxin, toxic and injure uh, the lungs and the cells lining our airways. So, um, the best thing to do here is again, if there is, if it's, if it is safe, then housing horses indoors uh, would be a benefit. Uh, minimizing uh, any kind of exercise, making sure the horses have lots of fresh water um, and hay for them um, to have it, their access. Uh, that can be really important. Um, as, as you know, uh, nutrition is going to be very important for these horses. And if we have contaminated water due to wildfire smoke, that's uh, particulates that is settling in the water, the horses will really avoid drinking that water. And typically, they're taking in water uh, after eating hay. So again, the best things we can do uh, is really to have minimal dust in, in the hay that we use. Uh, and, and have fresh water. And if they can be indoors, if they can be in-house indoors, uh, that's also beneficial. 
I, so, so a lot of, especially in the Northeast, uh, we had an old bank barn, and old bank barns, you can only do so much with ventilation because of the way they're made, right? Um, it, I always wondered, is it better to have fans and air moving? Is that better for air quality, or, or is that just stirring up the dust and stuff? That's a great question. Uh, if, if the barn has a lot of dust in it and you are trying to create more of a air flow in the building, uh, in the structure, uh, and there's a lot of dust, that actually could create potentially a more uh, harmful condition than beneficial condition. Um, so I think that that is something that you'd have to look on uh, look at as on a case-by-case basis. Um, but again, typically there's a lot of discussion about air purifiers in dairies, um, perhaps in horse barns. Um, I'm, I'm not so confident uh, how effective they really are. Do you, well, let's go back to people then, because my wife and I were just talking about this, because I have asthma and Jamie has allergies. Are air purifiers in the house a necessity in a regular old normal house? Well, in some cases, they can be very beneficial um, in in being able. In, primarily, air purifiers are designed to be able to uh, cause conditions to create the particulate matter to aggregate and drop out of the air. So that is somewhat of a purification process. Uh, here at UC Davis, we actually are working with, uh, especially in agriculture, uh, with people uh, with what are called Corsi boxes. These are actually uh, ventilation systems that the individuals, we train them how to build them, and then they build them themselves. It consists of a fan, uh, of four filters, and a box so that they actually can have air pulled into the box and and it's filtered, the air is filtered by going through the filters on all four sides of this box. This has been basically something that we have encouraged, especially during the time of uh, high infection uh, or dusty conditions. Uh, but these are typically used indoors for um, uh, the benefit of uh, people yeah. rather than animals. Well, that would be a hell of a lot cheaper than the ones you buy for your house, which are hundreds and hundreds of dollars. I can't imagine buying one for the barn. That must be expensive. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So aside from that, is there any way you can help your horse? Like, I know there's supplements out there that are supposed to help, like, flush out the free radicals that come in from the air. Anything you recommend or know of? Well, I am not expert in, in that area of, of basically providing uh, improvement in, in breathing. What I would say is that the issues that are associated with poor air quality, especially if we're dealing with a wildfire event, is the importance of basically having the horse be, have a time of of residents where there's not a lot of physical activity, especially horses that may be involved, such as race horses, we often recommend that you wait at least two to four weeks, but even better, four to six weeks before you begin to exercise the horse. That gives them sufficient time for the injury that may have occurred to repair as well as being able to clear some of the particles. It, it, it is interesting. Horses are so much like we are, um, but in essence, you know, they're typically nose breathers, but the structure of their nose is such a, a, such a design that a lot of those particles are not trapped in the nose but go on into the deep lung. If particles are depositing in the airways, they actually clear within 24 to 48 hours. The concern that we have are particles that get into the deep lung where gas exchange is, where in essence, it, the half-life of a particle that deposits there is around about 90 days for it to clear. Um, so again, that's that time where we just need to give the horses time for them to recover um, because, again, with exercise, they're just going to be taking in more air, and it could exacerbate any existing injury that uh, is present in the, in the lungs of these horses. 
Well, thank you so much for sharing all this knowledge. I know we found you uh, an article on thehorse.com. If people want to learn more about you or what you do, where can we send them? Well, it would be fine uh, to go to the School of Veterinary Medicine uh, here at UC Davis. Um, My email address is kepinkerton at ucdavis.edu. And I'd be more than happy to answer any questions that people might wish to ask uh, by way of that medium. Thanks. I know we have had a lot of listeners that have dealt with wildfires, so this is great information. Dr. Pinkerton, thank you so much, and we look forward to having you on again soon. I'm here with the mad scientist who developed Daily Dose Equine Horse Feeds, Janet Geyer, and I wanted to have a quick chat with you because Daily Dose Equine Horse Feeds are non-GMO whole food nutrition based. And a lot of people go, oh, that comes from a small, dedicated feed mill. I won't be able to get that when I travel. They're wrong, aren't they? They are. You can get it through Chewy anywhere in the United States. Or if you live locally in Maryland and Northern Virginia, you can get it delivered. There you go. Chewy.com. It will deliver it anywhere you want. You can also schedule delivery in advance so you can have it delivered every X number of days. And you can go in there to your account and change it every time you move horse show venues. So check it out today, dailydoseequine.com online or chewy.com. Well, I, I, we, you know, the old bank barns were, was where I saw it the most. And I don't know if you ever had experience with an old bank barn. And basically they were cow barns when they started. And then you cleaned out the bottom and that's where the horses lived. But <clears throat> because they're so enclosed, you know, the only part, there's a lot of times there's only one part that's open. Uh, it, it does restrict airflow and it gets stuffy. You know, well, I lived in Ohio where they just keep the barns closed and you walk in, you smell ammonia. And I'm like, these horror horses are having to lay down and put their face right next to I that, know. too. You know, I and know. then the wildfires that they have in Canada and constantly in California, you know, it's very tough. So that's interesting. Uh, interesting to know. Good information. Well, hey, do you want to tell us about Stateline Tech? Yes, I do. Guess what time it is. It is Black Friday. And guess who's having a sale? Oh, I'm in trouble. Are you are you looking for anything this year? Is there anything you have your eye on and watching to see if it goes up on sale? Yes. Um, I've been hoping that Kentucky Performance Brothers would have a sale, <laughs> but apparently they're not. But I'm always – I'm sorry. I'm just a blanket addict. Like – Remember that thoroughbred I was telling you that's the son of American Pharaoh and his name is American Hustle, but we call him Pharaoh. Well, he is an 81. And of course, I didn't have any 81 sizes. So I went and bought him a medium weight blanket. But now he needs a rain sheet. So I need an 81 rain sheet. But I like the neck attached. So, but like not the attached neck, like the combo neck kind of weather beat. So I can go on there and buy a little deck. Well, they do have their Black Friday sale. It started already. And Jennifer, I just noticed on here the Gatsby slow hay feeders that you like, the ones with the squares. Uh, they're on sale for $14, so you need to go on there because we use those at the property when we go out. I just noticed that. Uh, but they have everything on sale from saddles to boots to all different kinds of stuff right now on their Black Friday sale. And uh, judging by the quantities they have left here, if you go on Black Friday, this is all going to be sold. So I would go sooner than later uh, and check out their Black Friday sale right now. As I said, everybody in the world started their Black Friday sale early. So if you don't get in early anymore, I think the whole Black Friday waiting in line thing at the store is going away. I don't know that i mean like there's a mall that it's called sooner fashion mall and it is uh not too far away and i was wondering i was asking chad i'm like is this gonna be a thing like are people gonna be flocking to the mall anymore or does everybody mm. just go online like or wait for cyber monday i don't know what people do. well with the sales starting so early i think people just have already shopped <laughs> it's like you get to black That's friday true. and then you're done but yeah, check it out, statelinetech.com for all of your shopping needs, uh, whether it's Black Friday, Cyber Monday, or all the way into Christmas, statelinetech.com. We saw a meme, uh, Jamie, that was put out by the Idea of Order, which I love them. It's the ideaoforder.com. But it was a meme about our horses giving thanks. I love this because it's, I'm sorry. It's kind of true. Um, things that, you know, we our horses are thankful on Thanksgiving as well. And um, this is things my gelding is thankful for. I'm thankful for breakfast. I'm thankful for magical treat producing pockets. <laughs> I'm thankful for my turnout time. I'm thankful for scritchy posts. 
I'm thankful for cookies. I'm thankful for the barn staff. I'm thankful for dirt. I love dirt. I'm <laughs> thankful for like small predators that I can annoy. Like or the kill dogs in and Nigel's cats. case. <laughs> That's true. I am thankful for all things that I can eat. I'm thankful and that for mud. <laughs> I'm thankful for mud puddles. I am super thankful for dinner. I'm thankful for all my friends. I'm thankful for the people that do night check. I'm thankful for everything. <laughs> things my mayor is thankful for. Being left alone. And food. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much true. Yep. (laughs) I love that they have an asterisk here. It is debatable that thankful is even in a mayor's vocabulary. (laughs) This also goes for dogs and cats. (laughs) Time to learn why some days you're embarrassed to be part of the human race. In Jamie's Weird News. It's true. It happens. And I would like to thank even on the holiday week, even especially. Oh man, I can't wait for the weird news from next week. It's going to be like (laughs) awesome. That's true. Well, if you're ever looking through whatever news sources you find wherever, um, and you see something, you're like, wow, that's super weird. Email it to me, Jamie at horseradionetwork.com with weird news in the subject line, just like Delia, Nate, Katie, Christiana, Stephanie, Beth, Kelly, Glenn, Jenny, Julia, Steph, Rebecca, <laughs> Laureen, Claire, Jolyn, April, Rosemary, and Sarah. All you just thing. named all our listeners, right? <laughs> <laughs> there they are, people. Uh, yes, thank you very much for sending me. I don't tell you whose is whose because, you know, it's none of your business where they get their news. Because some people do. <coughs> Delia. <coughs> Send me very inappropriate <laughs> stories. And I love them. <laughs> Might not be able to read them on the air, but I love reading them myself. Why does that, knowing Delia, I mean, <coughs> Delia, um, I, I, why does this not surprise me? Oh, <laughs> uh, we're going to start in my hometown, Glenn. Where is that? Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta, Georgia, baby. We don't have well, too much coming out of Atlanta usually. No, because no, nobody you moved away. About, nobody would, that talks about what happens in South Atlanta because <laughs> okay. they're probably dead. <laughs> They've probably been killed already. Nobody can talk about it, but that is not the case for these four enterprising young gentlemen who um, had a house in South Fulton, Atlanta. Now, unfortunately, they did not procure the house legally. <laughs> So they decided that they were going to live in this empty house. And so they, these four enterprising young gentlemen moved in to the house squatters. They're like, this is our home now. You know what we're going to do? We need to make some money. How did they decide to make some money, Glenn? I don't know. Well, aside from street racing up and Usually down the residential streets, is- no, no, they were not involved in meth. Glenn, they only had on the weekends an illegal strip club. I mean, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> they moved into somebody's house and did a strip club? They had for a long time a strip club on the weekends. They would open up their doors. Places would go crazy. There's a lot of people going into the house and they had an illegal strip club street raced. And um, <clears throat> then as an aside, like, like an end to the sentence here, here neighbors told WSB that the group of four were neighbors from hell who ran an alleged strip club on the weekend street raced up and down the residential streets and occasionally had live horses in their yard. What a nightmare. What were the horses for? Right? Why did you not react a little more surprised? <laughs> Just because I was afraid to ask. <laughs> uh, it's a, the same quote. A lot of partying. They had an illegal strip club on the weekends. One neighbor told the local news station they would get live horses. One day they had live horses. Um, are there a lot of live horses right downtown Atlanta? No, 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 no. <laughs> not in this area of Atlanta, Glenn. I don't know where they came from. I don't want to know what the poor horses were going through. Uh, no soul. We're just going to keep going because they ended up getting arrested. But how did they get arrested? Um, the cool thing is, um, turns out all the cars at the house were stolen. So they <laughs> were... <laughs> 
That just adds to the story. Stolen cars parked out front. Neighbors kept calling the police. Finally, the police showed up. They ran the tags and they were like, "Mm, I'm kind of thinking that maybe this is not a good place. So turns out then uh, they raided the house. There were guns, stolen IDs, stolen credit cards. And now they are sitting in the Fulton County jail. Now, here's what's really smart is that in this news story, the last sentence is police are now monitoring the home to make sure no one else returns. Yeah, no kidding. Good good for them. <laughs> well, thanks for letting everybody know. Why didn't they come out sooner? You would think the first time they did this, they would have had a lot of calls. I just, you know what? It's just weird. Why were there horses in their yard? Yeah. How and do you run an the- illegal strip club? Yeah, I don't know. I have so many questions I can't ask right now. Maybe. I know. Mm. I know. Nor it's do probably I want Delia to. sent me this one. <laughs> All right, mate, we're going to Australia. Only in Australia would this happen. Okay. Um, His name is Colin Devereaux. And he told ABC that he was working along the Finnis River in the Northern Territory when he stopped to check a billabong, which is an Australian term for a pond left when, like, the river recedes. And he could see some fish in the middle of the water, and he's like, "Mm, I'm going to catch those. <laughs> I'm going to catch those fish. So what did he do? He walked, He says, I, I took a couple steps down into the billabong, mate. And um, a crocodile latched onto his right Ooh. foot. He said it was a big grab. He shook me like a rag doll and took off back into the water about three meters and pulled me in. Uh, he recounts how he was kicking the crocodile with his other foot, but that wasn't working. Now, mind you, his foot is in a crocodile's mouth. Okay. In a mouth. Uh, so what happens is he falls forward. Like while the crocodile's got his mouth, I'm sure it's like leg broke or something. He falls forward with his head near the crocodiles. Like he basically head butted with the top of the the crocodile's head. So what would you do in this situation, Glenn? Um, die. I managed to have a bite. Oh. He bit the crocodile's eyeball. <laughs> and his... He, That's the only um, thing you could probably bite that would have any effect. His quote, I managed to have a bite. He said, but he couldn't oh get a hold of the crocodile's head. So he said his teeth slipped and he managed to get a hold of the eyelid, which he described as pretty thick, like holding on to leather. I'm sorry. When this he is the most Australian eat, story I've ever heard. I know, right? This is so Australian. Um, he he uh, did, did um, happen to get the crocodile let go. He ran up. The croc chased him about 15 feet. Do you know how big this crocodile was, Glenn? 11 feet oh long. My God. And they say crocodiles are nastier than alligators. Well, this is a saltwater crocodile, too. And apparently there's like 100,000 of them in Australia. They're everywhere. Um, he ended up having to go to the doctor. They spent 10 no days kidding. flushing the wound. It was no a kidding. big damaged tendons, big slash on his foot. Like, he says, but now I got the feeling back in me toes. Was his, was his last name Dundee? Please tell me. No, no. it was like Devereaux or something. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, by the way, do you know what name? I'm so excited to tell you the name of the town. Oh, what is it? Darwin, Australia. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's perfect. Where'd he go, mate? You know what I thought you were going to say when he first walked into the thing? I thought he was going to be in quicksand. Uh, and is that, do you, when we all grew up, I don't know about your generation, but my generation, we all were going to die from quicksand. Quicksand mm-hmm. was something you worried about. And I we have like never known it. anybody to go into quicksand. <laughs> So, we trained for quicksand. Killer bees we and quicksand. Were the, and the Russians. <laughs> those three things were going to kill well, us all. One out of three. Yeah, we still have that one to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make this quick. Uh, federal authorities have arrested a 77-year-old man for dealing drugs, Glenn, in a Florida retirement community, the Villages. That's right. We're going to Florida. I know you're shocked. Right down the street. Is it really? Oh, yeah. There are 80,000 full-time residents yes. in the villages. Well, you know the whole story of the villages. I told, talked about that before. 
Well, it's he a big was, swinger community, the village. Well, he was helping that, Glenn, because he's been arrested for selling erectile dysfunction drugs without uh, prescription. Oh, I did hear that that's a huge issue there. He could go to jail for over a year and $10,000 fine. How is so, he get, yeah. I, th- I feel like I see ads for those all the time everywhere now that they're easy to get. Man. Uh, apparently... Rumors about the village, it says, the village is no strangers to stories about the lives, the interesting lives of its residents. Rumors about swingers, public things, high rates of STDs. Mm-hmm. Have they apparently have around. the highest rate of STDs almost in the country. I was thinking, you know, like, until I heard that, I was like, my mom should go there. She'd love it. <laughs> no, there's two here. <laughs> there's the villages, which has like a million homes. It's huge. It's in four counties. It takes it actually touches four counties uh, here in Florida. And then the other one is top of the world, and that's where the non-swingers go. So your mom should go there. That's here in that's no, here. No, my mom would love the swing thing. Like that'd be awesome. <laughs> go get it, mom. But if Tiernas on STDs are not good. We have so. new listeners since I talked about this, but years ago I had a hairdresser here in Ocala who would go get my hair cut and and she had moved up here, been assigned to a new store, and she was at the Villages. And she was a very pretty African-American woman. And she would tell me the stories that she would hear from the guys coming in about the key parties and everything going on and how many parties she had been invited to. They kept trying to get her to go to parties. And she just had some of the wildest stories of what happened. Oh, my there. God. My mom should totally go there. <laughs> awesome. There you go. That's new Go goal. get them, June. <laughs> All right, last one. Um, you know that Pablo Escobar uh, took a bunch of, you know, he was like a millionaire drug dealer guy in Colombia, and he decided that he wanted hippopotamuses, as every drug dealer in Colombia does. Had them flown in from Africa. This is like um, um, hundreds of years ago, not hundreds, but it's like a long time ago. So uh, he had four hippos brought in. Well, the four hippos. Have you heard of these cocaine hippos, Glenn? No. You didn't? Okay. So I I thought everybody knew about them. So, yeah, he brought in four hippopotamuses to Colombia, had them flown in from Africa because he wanted them as pets. I mean, and he wanted them to, like, protect his place. So they're called the cocaine hippos. And here's the problem with having hippopotamuses in uh, South America. Can you guess? No predators. There's no Uh. predators for the hippopotamuses in Colombia. So here's what happened. There's now um, over 130 hippos roaming this area and this river in uh, South America. And uh, Pablo Escobar, there's like a movie about him. Uh, So they've been trying to figure out a way to get rid of a lot of the hippopotamuses. They've been trying to relocate them. They even called for a call as the um, only viable option moving forward. So here's the problem. They're like eating all the like local animals and saying that it's causing problems for, let's see. I thought they were vegetarians, hippos. Hippopotamuses are just hardcore they're just like slaughter factories. But I guess the capybaras are getting uh, eaten. And you know, those are just giant guinea pigs. So uh, they're having a lot of problems with these hippopotamuses destroying uh, lives. Uh, they, they're starting to get hit by cars. It's like the wild horses of, of Colombia. They're starting to like roam around. Their their feces is changing the river uh, pH. And so it's like killing all the, it's causing problems. So here's what they've decided to do. We're going to end the show on this. They have decided to spay, neuter, and gelds. <laughs> we'll see y'all on Sunday. Others, hang yeah. on. Kill that hippo, baby! They castrated four already. I love it. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody.